This is an ultimate global podcast. Hello, and welcome to our Daily Dose podcast, covering all about day-to-day global affairs. You're listening to Saurabh Kora and George Mavros from Sydney. Hello, and a very good afternoon to Friday's Daily Dose podcast on international students, international education sector, as we collaborate with the Community Connect webinar by Agencies, Agencies, which is an all-in-one digital platform for education and migration consultants. And also, this episode is in association with Campus Consultancy, whose founder is with us, Josh Farr. And we are going to talk about this interesting topic of what's a growth mindset, as we all know that this is the need of the hour. You know, we cannot stay fixed at one place. We need to continuously learn and adapt ourselves. And COVID-19 has taught us that, isn't it, Josh? Yeah, that's exactly right. I'm really thankful to be here. Love the introduction. It's really nice to spend some time with you today and to dig into this topic. Yep. So what are your general thoughts on having a growth mindset? I know that I just had a discussion with you before we started this session that you came up with this idea that as a student leader of UNSW, when you come out of the university, you can also make more student leaders. You can inspire more people to become student leaders and also make them job ready. So what really made you think about this idea and what are your thoughts on, you know, growth mindset in this era? Yeah, I love it. I love it. So firstly, for everyone joining us, thanks for spending some time together. Maybe it's helpful if we start with a definition. So perhaps like, what is a growth mindset and what's the opposite and what are the benefits? So what is a growth mindset? So the original source material, I always like to credit, um, Carol Dweck wrote an amazing book called Mindset. So if you enjoy today, grab a copy of this book. It's incredible. Um, a growth mindset is known as the most important belief. And what it essentially is, is a mindset. So a way that your mind is set. So it's something that you think is true. It's a belief system. It's a way of thinking that says, if you put time and effort into something, you will improve. So the growth mindset bit is a belief or a mindset. Your mind is set on the idea that you can grow, that you can improve. So this, for example, for myself or for anyone else, says, okay, can my career improve over the next 12 months? A growth mindset says, of course it can. There are things I can do. There's feedback I can get. There's lessons I can learn. I can develop skills. I can take opportunities. And if problems get in my way, I can overcome them. The only other point I'll make, um, so I'm not long-winded, the opposite of a growth mindset is something known as a fixed mindset. And a fixed mindset says, no, I couldn't possibly get a promotion next year. You know, my boss doesn't like me. You know, I, I don't enjoy work, COVID, pandemic, government. A fixed mindset puts the locus of control outside of your body. It says somebody else is determining my life circumstances. And a growth mindset says, I'm in the driver's seat. Yeah. And I think we can also look at this particular terminology of what really makes you shift from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset. A lot of students sometimes, and not only students, but in general, people are stuck with the fixed mindset in the sense that they feel that wherever they are, they're comfortable with that. They don't want to come out of their comfort zone. They think that if even if we don't learn new things, it's fine for us because our job doesn't require that. What really takes you to build that growth mindset, according to you? Yes, I think the terminology here is important. I'd say rather than to build it, it's to rediscover it. Every baby in the world has a growth mindset. Like there isn't a baby sitting there who's like, I don't know how to speak. I'll never learn how to speak. You know, <laughs> don't know how to walk. I'll never learn how to walk. 
go bathroom in my pants. I guess that's the way life is going to be. Like no baby thinks like that. Babies are searching and they're seeking and they're looking for things. So you might say, well, why does that stop? Why do we stop looking and growing and trying to improve? Because eventually in life we fail. Eventually we set out to do something and we're not successful. And we start to get feedback. Someone tells us we have to be a certain way to be good enough or to get love or to be significant. We're told that if you want to get a good mark in class, we have to sit down, be quiet, put your hand up only when you're called upon. And we're sort of brought into a society that gives us lots of rules. And rules are good. They help you know, make things possible. We need rules on the highway or it'd be chaos, right? But rules keep us safe. They also constrict us. So why I always say we need to rediscover a growth mindset is we have it when we're kids. When we're kids, you believe you can be anything. You believe you can be Superman. I don't know, Saurabh, did you have a favorite superhero as a kid or did you have a magic power or an imaginary friend or anything like that? No, absolutely. You have so many of them. But one point that you really touched base upon that as a kid, you are so eager to know about different things that yes. you don't consider about the societal norms and behaviors of what others are going to judge you about. I think sometimes the societal norms and the people around you uh, are also playing a key role in making you a person with a fixed mindset or a growth mindset. So what and do you sort of, about this yeah, fact that how well this, the people should not get affected by what's happening around them, instead mm -hmm. focus on being as creative as possible and learn new things? Yeah. And so I guess in that process, when you say, you know, other people might make you, I would challenge that language a little bit and just say, with a growth mindset, and as you rediscover it, the reason it goes away is you start to believe your limitations. If you want to lose a growth mindset, if you want to stop growing, I believe if you want to stop enjoying life, start believing limitations. Believe that you can't get the job. Believe you can't get fit and healthy. You hear people say it all the time. I'm just no good with money. I'm no good with math. I'm just, I'm just not fit and healthy. I'm not that sort of person. And when we limit our identity, we limit our potential. And so a growth mindset says, I'm not going to believe, key language, I'm not going to believe that I have limits in terms of how much I can grow, how much I can give, how much I can make the world a better place. So as we start to rediscover that, we start to see people in our life, not as barriers, but as enablers. I want to find the most brilliant people in the world, people like you. I want to speak to them. I want to learn from them. And I want to get feedback. I want people to tell me, hey, Josh, what you're doing here, it doesn't really work. Like, I want someone to tell me from today who knows more about growth mindset and psychology than me to say, hey, Josh, the way you explained this, it was actually slightly wrong. And you could improve it by doing this. You know, I want to hear that because my belief is the more I learn, the more feedback I get, the more I grow and the more I grow, the more I can give. So I really challenge people if you're sort of thinking like, okay, how do we make this practical? Maybe I can take you today. We have a six step approach for a growth mindset. So maybe I can run um, your sort of viewers through that. Uh, but I really encourage you to think I need to first challenge this idea that I believe in my limitations. Secondly, I need to say, this is something I've already done as a kid. I just need to rediscover it. I need to believe I can be Superman again or Superwoman again. And then thirdly, it says, okay, if I can start to believe that, I need to start taking action. And that's where our sort of six-step process comes in. Absolutely, Josh. Can't agree more with you on that part. I think growth mindset is not only about coming out of your comfort zone, but also what COVID-19 has taught us that it is also about being adaptable with your surrounding, being resilient through tough times. And yes. how adaptable you are with working in teams which are coming from different countries or how adaptable you are or your company is in um, getting new technologies into place or how resilient your infrastructure structures are um, so that you can go through tough times like COVID-19 pandemics 
and probably some sort of financial recession. So growth mindset yeah. is much more than that, isn't it? It is. And so I'll give you a really good example of what I hope is a good example to bring this to light. Uh, we do a lot of work with student groups. So I know you're at UNSW. When I was at UNSW, I ran a student um, civil engineering student club and we do lots of work with clubs. I spoke to a student club yesterday, amazing club. And one of the challenges was their membership had gone from a thousand members down to 200. So it's like written in my little notebook here. I was literally on the phone with them, brainstorming with their executive team. And I said, okay, why do you think that's happened? And they gave me all the reasons, you know, and all their reasons were true. They said COVID, borders, student, students have Zoom fatigue. They listed off a bunch of reasons. And I said, okay, have you met any other clubs uh, whose membership's gone down? They said, oh, definitely. And they told me all these other clubs and oh, their membership's gone down as well. And I said, have you found any clubs whose membership's gone up? Have you found any clubs whose membership has increased during COVID? And they said, oh, no, we haven't. And the belief, you could tell, the belief was COVID equals less engaged students. That was the mindset that was run through. And I challenged them. I said, my friends, you need to find some clubs whose membership has increased. Because for you to put the time and effort and energy into growing, you need to believe it's possible. You need to believe the treasure's out there and that you can find it and it's going to be worth the journey. And so it was so funny. So I said to them and they were sort of like, oh, okay. Like we didn't even think about that. Today on LinkedIn, I shared it. Um, a guy named Cole, who's the president of the Sydney University Undergraduate Engineering Club, put out his annual report. PDF PowerPoint. I was getting ready, thinking about talking to you today. I was just scrolling through LinkedIn. I saw the PowerPoint. And I don't know what it was. It called to me. And I saw a 21-page annual report. I'm like, that's interesting. I clicked through, and I think it was the fourth slide. He showed a graph of their membership from the year. Their membership tripled, more than tripled in 2021 from just under 500 members to nearly 1,500 members. So within the space of less than 24 hours, I'm speaking to one club who went from 1,000 to 200 and then another club who's gone from 400 to over 1,000, right? What's the difference? Are those two students really that different? As, are they experiencing COVID in that different way? It's Melbourne, it's Sydney. Like the difference there is the mindset and the belief. And if you have a leader or if you are a leader, until you believe it's possible, and until you can convince your team it's possible, change isn't possible. You've got to believe it's out there. I can do it. We can increase our membership. We can get the job. I can get a pay rise. I can run the marathon. Like it's Roger Bannister's four minute mile stuff. Everyone thought it was impossible until one person did it. And then a whole bunch of people ran the four minute mile. It all starts with the belief. Absolutely. You know, it's all about believing in what you want to do. And it's all about that changed mindset that brings in the change around you that you want to witness as a leader or you yes. want others to make that change. So, um, you know, one of the famous quotes from uh, Mahatma Gandhi is that be the change that you wish to see in the world. So whatever change you wish to see in the world or whatever change you want to um, make in the community, it starts mm. with you only. And mm. unless you don't have complete belief in yourself, you cannot make that change. So why not talk about this important terminology of comfort zone now? Because as a growth mindset, it's also equally important for you to think beyond where you are comfortable in. And maybe we can talk about, you know, um, international students, but also in general, um, people who might be listening beyond international students as well, who might be employees in uh, organizations. And they are thinking that we are still stuck in our comfort zone. Probably we are working as a project manager and now yes. we want to raise to next position um, yes. but you know we are not finding any time to do that 
we don't have the right skill set so they are coming up with different reasons uh, but they're yes. not trying to grow from one region to another so that's about coming out of your comfort zone what do you have to say for that josh yes i love it i love your terminology here why would you ever leave your comfort zone where it's safe where it's secure where you've got a paycheck where you know your friends where you speak your language why would you ever leave your comfort zone if you didn't believe growth was possible so the reason why we always start with belief is until you believe that it's worth going out there, you'll never leave. The story of the Buddha, right? Until the idea that there was something out there I needed to find, they would never leave. So with us, a comfort zone is really powerful. We all need a comfort zone. We need to feel safe. It's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, those bottom order needs. We need to make sure we've got enough money in the bank to be able to pay for food, keep our landlord off our back, keep clothes on our back, pay our rent. So we need some degree of a comfort zone. The problem with the comfort zone is it does two things. One, it keeps us safe. And that's amazing. Secondly, it limits us. Because when you're in your comfort zone, you're comfortable. So I'll give you a couple of examples of this. Um, and then we'll talk about how to, why you need to overcome it and how to overcome it. So an example would be when you go to the gym, right? When you go to the gym or when you exercise or not, whatever you do, whatever sort of how you move your body, you have a comfort zone of something that you're willing to do and not overstep. So you might say, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to work out in this particular way for this length of time. And I'm kind of comfortable there. I might push myself, stretch myself a little bit, but I'm not going to go beyond that. You'll have a comfort zone when it comes to spending money. Some people's idea of spending money is, you know, I've, I couldn't spend more than $100 a week on food, right? Other people will spend going to debt spending money and they might go outside of that comfort zone, which can be positive or negative. Whether it's food, whether it's exercise, whether it's our careers, whether it's our relationships, whether it's meeting people, whether it's getting on the phone, some people's comfort zone is I could never in a million years go on a LinkedIn live, right? Like I can't do that. I'm not good at that. Other people say, yeah, sure. I'll do it. Throw an opportunity at me. So our comfort zones are all different in different areas of our life. But what it basically means, a comfort zone is where your skill meets your challenge. Skill meets your challenge. And even more specifically, you could probably go to the degree to say a comfort zone is when the challenge is less than your skill. So Soviet psychologist Vygotsky kind of made this um, terminology of zone of proximal development. What he said was there's sort of three zones to consider. One zone, your comfort zone, where the challenge, the challenge you're facing in life is less than your skill. Now, that's fine because if you go to the gym and you lift one kilo weights, as long as you're like fit and healthy, not recovering from injury, the challenge, one kilo weights, is less than your skill. That's fine. You'll do it. You probably won't break a sweat, but you definitely won't grow. So comfort zone equals no growth. On the other end of the spectrum, I don't know why I use the gym. It's just a simple analogy. You can go to the gym and go into what's called the danger zones. You go to the gym and pick up 50 kilogram dumbbells. And if you're cold, walk in the door, try to whack them up on your shoulders, unless you're very, very strong, you're more likely to going to hurt yourself. In the same way, if you go into a networking event and you're overconfident, you might come across as arrogant. If you go into work and you demand that your boss doubles your pay rise today or you'll quit, you're in the danger zone. So the danger zone is like things are definitely going to go wrong. The comfort zone is nothing's going to go wrong, but you won't grow. And what Vygotsky said was there's this sweet spot. There's this spot in the middle where your skill and your challenge are meeting each other. And you have to increase the challenge to increase your skill. Because unless you go from one kilo weights to two kilo weights to three kilo weights, I have no idea where you'll stop. But I challenge you, and maybe this is a, a quick thing for people to do, to have a guess of where your potential is and surprise yourself. So for example, you could say, I'm going to go to the gym today. I'm going to do a shoulder press. I'm going to guess how much I can shoulder press for reps of five. You know, I'm going to guess. Maybe I think it's five, 10, 15. Go and try it out. 
And what you might find out is you might be off by 10 or 20%. You might say, for example, you know, over the next year, I'm going to write down how much money can I save in the bank? I'm going to set myself a challenge, set myself a goal. That's the first of the six steps. And over the next 12 months, you might say, okay, I think I can save $5,000. Okay, well, if you break that down, that's $100 a week. And what you might find is I can actually save 150 or 200 or 300. And so often where we peg our potential is lower than what it really is. Because everyone around us who's achieved all the amazing things, they have the same 168 hours in the day, but it comes down to how we use it. So if we stay in our comfort zone, we won't grow. If we jump out of it too quickly, we can be in danger. And what we want to find is that area where we're forcing our skill to rise with the challenge. Um, we can do that through opportunities, through friends, through courses, through programs. But we need to leave that comfort zone or we won't grow. Absolutely, Josh. And, you know, so many wonderful examples you have shared. What I was also thinking is into looking into these different lenses. Now, growth mindset, we have already talked about what's a growth mindset. Now, there can be different perspectives of looking into it. Somebody might say that I'm not able to manage my time in a proper way. That's a mindset for them. Another fixed mindset can be that I want to become a leader. I have all the skills, but I'm not able to understand what really takes me to become a leader. So Mm. uh, some people are confused about the leadership, their leadership qualities. They doubt themselves. They're still doubting their skill set. And a lot of people I know in the industry, in the university, who have got all the skills, but probably they are not sure about themselves. They're still doubting themselves. And there are still some sort of barriers in their mind which stop them from reaching where they actually can reach in the next couple of years. But what is it that stops them is is really important for them to find out, isn't it? Yeah. I'll give you a little framework. And I've got to attribute this. A mentor of mine, Tony Robbins, uses this all the time. And I absolutely love it. He says, at any point in life, you're making three decisions. The first decision you make is what to focus on. So someone might say they look at their time, they look at their calendar, and that's the thing they're focusing on. Someone else, as you say, might say a leadership opportunity on campus. Someone else might look at their bank account or their workout routine. So the first thing is what we focus on. And we know our energy will go where our focus goes. So step one is what are we going to focus on? So let's say for your example, a student's thinking about like, how can I manage my time? So that's going to be their focus, right? Now, if we just focus and sit at our watch going past every day, it's going to be a very bad use of time. If we sit there and watch the Netflix episodes roll by and that's what we're looking at time, we're looking at the bar down the bottom, not effective. We've got to first master what to focus on. Second step then is what it means. And this is where the belief system comes in. So if you look at time management and you look at your calendar, if the meaning you give your calendar is a calendar where all the awful stuff is, oh, I got to study, I got to work out, I got to do my assignments. Like if your calendar is a minefield of things you don't want to do, you're not going to use it. Versus if you say my calendar is my, uh, my calendar is my passport to freedom. I fill my calendar with things that make me feel alive. You know, if I love reading books on my calendar, seeing my best friend on my calendar, checking LinkedIn and listening to podcasts with yourself, Sirab, on my calendar. If you fill your calendar, if you give your calendar an empowering meaning, like it's exciting, it gives me freedom, it helps me feel the way I want to feel, you'll feel totally differently about it. And one of the traps we have is we can look at our calendar, we can look at leadership, Leadership, we might say, do we give that the meaning of it's a chance to fail, fixed mindset, or do do we give it a meaning with a growth mind that that says leadership is a chance to serve? That's why in my TED Talk a couple of years ago, I said leadership is service because anyone can serve. Any leaders who you're speaking to who say, I've got the skills, but I don't know how to do it, easy. Find a problem in the world, try to reduce it or solve it. Simple. 
So first, we've got to figure out what to focus on. Second, we've got to give it a meaning and especially an empowering meaning. That's where the growth mindset comes in. And the third step is what are we going to do? Third decision we all have to make, leaders have to make is what are we going to do? And with a growth mindset, you say, I know if I take action, there's a chance I might fail. And not but, and if I fail, I'll learn something. So the startup founders, the entrepreneurs, the people who are creative, you were speaking on creativity before, the people who go out there and change the world and write books and start podcasts, they have a growth mindset because they go, I don't know if it's going to work, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to find out. And hey, even if it doesn't work, if no one tunes into this podcast, at least Sarab, you and I have spent some time together, you know? So it's like, I look in the world of anything you do is a win, anything, as long as it doesn't negatively impact somebody else. But if you do something, you're going to learn. You're going to get experience. And worse comes to worse. You're going to figure out what you don't like. Like I had to do tons of jobs to figure out what I didn't like. And it was really helpful. Rather than saying, oh, I'm a failure. I messed up. I should never have done that. I said, okay, I've done that. I can't change the past. I can change the future though. So a growth mindset looks at the future and it says those three decisions. What am I going to focus on? Things that I can influence. Secondly, can I give it an empowering meaning so I feel good about it so I'm excited? You know, my calendar is a passport to freedom, not my calendar is a jail. Uh, and thirdly, what am I going to do? How can I take action right now to make things better for myself and others? Absolutely. It's, it's not about thinking what's happened in the past. It's about predicting your future. It's about looking forward because you cannot change the past. A lot of the times people are just focusing on their past. They're so unhappy with what has happened in the past, probably they didn't do the right thing in the last one year or the last two years. And because of which they are spoiling their present and they are also taking away the happiness of their future. The future, which can be a future aligned as per their interests uh, yes. and not on the basis of what they are predicting, how their past was. So um, forget about your past and think about your future from here on and you know, come out of that comfort zone. That's very important. And finally, align your, uh, align your mindset with your short-term and long-term goals. I think um, mm. we discussed about this topic in the last Friday session as well, uh, where we touched base upon this fact that how important it is for you as a person to map your mindset as per what you think you will be after one year or what you think you will be after five years. And accordingly, you set your tasks in your present times and in the near future. So what do you have to say, Josh, um, you know, as a final comment before we end this Daily Dose podcast in, in, you know, with regards to this fact that how important it is for one to map their long term and short term goals with respect to how their mindset works at the moment. Mm, it's a really, really good one. Uh, you mentioned before that Gandhi quote of like, be the change you wish to see in the world, right? I layer that with a second one. And I think it speaks to goals. Be the change you wish to see in the world says the result, the goal, the output that you want, do the action that leads to that. So if you want the world to be a friendlier place, result, take the action of being friendly. So it's an action result framework. He also said, which I love, happiness is when what you believe, what you say, and what you do are in alignment. So I think if you put those two things together, to see the result you want in the world, you have to take the action. But to take the action and to feel good about it, you need to believe, say, and do the same thing. So if in your mind right now, I think all of this starts in your mind and listeners at home, um, Surah, maybe do this little activity with me. Anywhere you are, look around. If you're listening, if you're watching, 
grab something that a human being created. So grab anything at all on your desk, Surab, pick something up, hold it up to the camera, anything at all that a human being created. Okay, great. My little squidgy toy here, your Gatorade, whatever anyone's picking up at home, every single thing that a human being created started in their imagination before it existed in reality. Everything, like look around your apartment, the light, the book, the screen, the laptop, the headphones, the poster on the wall, all of it existed in here first. So when it comes to goals, when it comes to growth mindset, when it comes to long-term and short-term, step one is imagining what you want the future to look like. For me, I normally give people a year. So I say, you know, imagine today's the 15th of October. Imagine it's the 15th of October, 2022. And just take a blank page and write down what do you want your life to look like? Like pause this recording if you have to, grab a blank page and just give yourself a two-minute timer and just write, what do I want my life to look like in a year? And then once you've got that down, once, especially if you're doing that with a growth mindset, if what you've got down excites you, if you look forward to it, then it's breaking it down into milestones. So you might say, okay, if you want to save $10,000 in the next year, then you might say, okay, that's $200 a week. I can do that. Once you've broken it down into milestones that seem manageable and possible, then break it down into actions that you can take. Call this process GMA. So the growth mindset says, firstly, what do I want? Secondly, I need to break those goals into milestones. And thirdly, because you can only control today, today, Friday, the 15th of October, what are one, two or three things you could do right now that help you move in that direction? And so it kind of goes from the mindset and the goals to the actions. And as you said with that Gandhi quote, if you take the actions, you'll get the results. And it's sort of, we need to see it first in our mind so we can convince ourselves it's possible so we can take the action and we can eventually work our way to the results. So that's what I tell people um, or challenge people to do today. Absolutely, Josh. And you know what wonderful words you spoke about the fact that it's important to first set your milestone and then take actions according to that and break your larger task into smaller chunks so that that larger task doesn't feel too much on your head. And even if somebody is listening to us today and they think that they have a fixed mindset, it's not too late. You know, you can forget about the last one minute. You can forget about yesterday. It's all about tomorrow. What you do from tomorrow really matters you a lot. Or what you do from today itself, this minute itself, really matters you a lot. So even if you can start bringing that change in your life by having a mindset where you start learning new things, you are open to talk to different people, you're open to diversity, you are ready to adapt to new environments, you are ready for that growth mindset. And your past cannot be a hindrance to that. It's only and only your future which you have to look at. Thank you so much, Josh, for joining us today. And what a wonderful conversation it was. I hope to see you again in one of the other discussions. And probably I want to be in your sessions as well. Yeah, hopefully. And no doubt we'll be able to get back to UNSW and back to some in-person workshops very soon. So whenever we're on campus, mate, we'll definitely connect and, and bring you along. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Have a great day, Josh. And have a great day, everyone. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, everyone.